It's your favorite Racing Brothers once again, you know, unless you're big fans of like the Waltrips or the Alsons or the Bodines or the Burns or the Bushes, you know, moving on anyway. Uh, it's Devin Henry, Chase Henry, the Henry Racing Bros podcast going over the world of racing and what's going on right now. Okay, Chase, say hi. Hello. We're ready to rock and roll now, so... Last night was the Eldora Dirt Derby. We'll get to some NASCAR, and we will, of course, get to motocross with the off week this weekend. But talk, got to talk about the Eldora Dirt Derby because the Dirt Derby is arguably one of my top five favorite races of the year. NASCAR on dirt, and the stars in the past have come out. You look at, this is the seventh year, the past seven winners have all had dirt experience besides Bubba Wallace winning the second year, but Kyle Larson has won it. Chris Bell has won it. Matt Crafton, who got into dirt racing to get better at Eldora, has won this race. And you've had plenty of stars. Ryan Newman racing it last year. And so it's been one of the most fun races to watch. Stuart Friesen was the winner this year. He comes from dirt racing, of course. Uh, but unfortunately, it, it, it's strange because I was talking about this on the Brad Sessmatch show the other day. And I'm like, yeah, it's been around for like three or four years. You forget that, like, this is this was the seventh race that they've done this. Formerly the Mud Summer Classic, which I didn't really like that name, so I prefer the Dirt Derby, but it's just, out of all the Eldora races, I think that this is, hands down, the worst one that we've had, unfortunately. There just wasn't much passing. It was just a dust cloud. It was one lane. And I don't think that I've seen that many guys just go into random cyclones, it seemed like. No one could get a grip because it looked like they were trying to, to, to have that track ready for the World Outlaws. Dry and slick and just nothing anyone could do to make that race exciting besides somehow Chase Briscoe fighting through the field. But I don't know. I just It was unfortunately the, the least enjoyable of all the seven Eldora races. It just... There wasn't enough for the drivers to do on the track, which is one of the biggest differences between a dirt track and an asphalt track. The fact that the track changes and the fact that you can change the dirt track. So your thoughts, Chase? I mean, I know we're we're coming out saying it's. It sounds like we're bashing it. Well, I guess we kind of are. Yeah, but I I don't want to say it was a bad race. I think. At most, it was a good race. It was still fun to watch. It was still nice to watch. It was still nice to see, you know, something different like that. Um, But, yeah, I think for some reason, it was a little bit different than past years. They're just, maybe it was because there was no Kyle Larson slamming it against the fence, trying to get the win, or what. It just seemed a little bit more... And I don't want to say tame because it was still hectic. It was nonchalant. It, it was, yeah, I, I don't know, I guess. It was just a little bit more nonchalant. It was a little bit more, maybe not relaxed, but just not as exciting. It wasn't as, you know, fireworks at the end. Well, there was some fireworks at the end. Um, but Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. not for the win. Well, yeah, unfortunately, was it wasn't for part. the win. They were like 6th, 7th, something around there. Um, but yeah, it, it was a little bit off this year and don't get us wrong it was still a great race it was still a lot of fun to watch but just compared to years past this one has seemed to not live up to the standards of the other ones but i mean even the heat races which are usually still entertaining they were just follow the leaders i was like i don't even know why i'm watching these heat races at this point because 
If, if you started first, you finished first. If you started second, you finished second, so on and so forth. Yeah, maybe not so much. In a 10-lap sprint. I just, it wasn't, the heat races didn't, nothing happened in the heat races. Because everyone rode the rim, and then the race was over. Occasionally, someone in the back would spin out. Well, no, there's some it. people trying to work the bottom. There were some people trying to. And a to, couple no of them got it done. Though. Like, worked for a couple. But 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 not to, to the degree of, I'm going to go and fight in the top three. Chase Briscoe did it in the main. In the main, but I'm yeah. talking like, it's the whole night. And Chase Briscoe was the only guy to make significant traction on the bottom. No I know, and that's made weird. Significant moves. Well, it was what so was dried out. What was he doing? I know, he found that something. That is my thing, is how did... You know, there was guys that had to start on the inside all night, and it was like Briscoe was the only one that even came close to making it work, and he did make it work. But only two guys led laps. It was Chase Briscoe, who won the first two stages, and Stuart Friesen, who won the race. They were the only guys who led laps in this entire race, and it's just something that that we we hope is better because I think that this can be a true spectacle of racing, having a NASCAR series on dirt and preferably with dirt stars. I think one of the best stories of the of the day was Mike Marlar, who's a World of Outlaws late model champion who won that Western Championship over here at Arizona Speedway back in, what was that, February or something? 20, yeah, January. 2018, yeah. And so, well, yeah, last, sorry. Yeah, 2018, but, not 2019. Yeah, but. he ends up finishing fourth. And I I was hoping that he would do well because I love when these other guys come in and in, on in small rides and do well. But he didn't have a great heat race. He started the main twenty third, and it was like, oh, I don't think he's gonna do much. And towards the end of that race, I mean, he was ripping them. Yeah, ends up finishing fourth. So that's just a really fun, enjoyable story that I want to see more often in the dirt derby. Yeah, he slowly came up the field, and I think a lot of people had written him off. Like you said, starting twenty third, that was a little deep, and. You know, it was like he, I'm not going to say he didn't get coverage at all last night because he definitely did, but it, it was really the start of the race. There was really nothing about him. And then towards the end, somehow he just went through all the carnage and everything and just slid his way through into fourth. Kyle Strickler, another dirt guy who, he started fifth, so I thought he was going to do really well, but spun out late in the going, so he was 18th. And then Mark Smith is a sprint car guy. He started 24th and through all the late race chaos, he ended up coming up to 15th. And it's just, it was one of those races where, like I said with Stricker, Strickler, he just spun out randomly. There was a caution where three different people spun out almost simultaneously in three different parts of the track unrelated to each other. It was just too, too slick for a forward heavy truck that's not necessarily built to race on dirt to go 150 laps. So, but here's what I want to see with the dirt derby. This is what I want the future to be like, which being reminded that this is the seventh year, it, it, it kind of pulls me back and goes, why hasn't NASCAR done this yet? So Chase, here's how you fix the dirt derby. Even if the track was like last night or so not, So you're saying there's something wrong. I'm saying that maybe not... Well, there was something wrong last night. There was something wrong last night with the track. The track was not the track that we saw the last six years. But no, I think there's something that that NASCAR can do to improve this race to make it one of the spectacles of racing, not just NASCAR-wise, but I'm talking like, if you go and say, what are the top races in America? You have the Chili Bowl, you have the Knoxville Nationals, 
Uh, you might include the Charlotte Championships with the World of Outlaws and the NASCAR Championship at Homestead, soon to be ISM Raceway. This can be a race that's in that this is one of the greatest races in America, NASCAR on dirt. If I'm NASCAR, I'm finding a way with even these small teams like Mike Marlar had the 33 car. I can't tell you what team that is off the top of my head um, because that's not a regular car. It's, um, I don't know how to pronounce it. Green? Room? Room? I don't know. I really don't know. R-E-A-U-M-E and then something else. But it's like, and then Nice had another dirt guy in their car. If NASCAR could help some of these smaller teams and then you give a call to Brad Sweet, Donnie Schatz, Tyler Courtney, Brady Bacon, go find some dirt guys and say, hey, kind of like what, what Tony Stewart did with the Prelude to the Dream, having drag racers in the Prelude to the Dream, and say, hey, we want you to come out. And, of course, we don't want to give you the best ride because you're going to figure out a little bit more than some of these 18-year-old NASCAR asphalt drivers are going to. But help these small teams make a name. You don't have to give up much. You're just getting paid for it, you know? And go out and put on a show for everyone because how fun would it be to see Donnie Schatz racing Matt Crafton? Or how fun would it be to see... Tyler Courtney racing Chase Briscoe and Christopher Bell and then go up to the top tier NASCAR guys like Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Kyle Larson and tell them, hey, come down here. We have a truck ready for you with Thor Sport or whoever and come race against Donnie Schatz and come race against Sheldon Honschild. You know, that would just be so much fun, I think, for NASCAR to make this almost like a Chili Bowl kind of race where you get all these guys from different disciplines to race this one great race. And I just want to comment real quick. So you keep saying... Now, it would be hard. I do want to point that out. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, and okay, well, let's get this. I love the idea, and it's amazing. That'd be super hard. But, okay, real quick. You keep saying it could be the greatest spectacle in racing. It could be great. It could be amazing. I don't. I don't want to disagree with what you're saying, oh, okay. but what I am gonna say is it's already a spectacle. It and is. I feel like the but way it would be the greatest but, spectacle. Yes. Well, well, what I'm saying is I feel like the way we're coming off is kind of like we're bashing it, like it's really not that great. It's okay. It's decent. It's just another race. But the thing is, it already is a spectacle, and I think. Because we have these ideas of like, throw some dirt guys in this, and let's get this like shaken up. I feel like that this, because to a regular NASCAR fan, this is probably awesome. Oh yeah, for someone that doesn't pay attention to dirt racing, for the average fan, for a regular person, NASCAR on dirt, what? That's not right. They don't do that. Why are they doing this? What are they doing? Who's going to win? I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> I feel like that's almost what happens to the regular fan, the mediocre person. The media? Did you just call it the <laughs> okay, okay. mediocre? No, I didn't call it mediocre, but just for like the regular the people average that. average fan or someone who does not follow the truck series. I'm going to say both. Both of well, them. Yeah, I'm including both of them. I, I'm, I'm trying to. Take away you just calling people mediocre. Okay, I <laughs> mediocre is in like average fan. You don't dig deep. You're not hardcore. You watch. You watch the start and the end of the race. You like it. 
you know, you know some of the names. You know Bush. You but, know Hamlin. You, you know Chase watch, Elliott. You don't watch the truck series. You're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't watch the truck series. You, you don't really pay much attention outside of Sunday. For them, this is a spectacle. On a Thursday For them, night coming home from work. Yeah. It's a mid-race, and I like that about it. True. I mean, it has its positives and, and negatives. They but do. Yeah. Yeah, they all do. Um, but for the average fan, this is a spectacle. And I do think that there could obviously be improvements. I think you can improve on anything, really. Um, and not just, I don't mean that, like, Eldora can improve on anything. NASCAR can but I mean, just in life in general, I think there's always something that can be better and always something that can be greater. And the hard thing is there's so much money thrown into these trucks. And it's like we want to see these dirt guys go out there and mix it up. But the thing is, part of the reason why I don't think Eldor got the dirt draw like they did last year What's USAC doing right now? They're in the middle of something. They're that's in the middle why, of Pennsylvania Midget Week. And that's why which, Kyle Larson also wasn't even at the track. Yeah. He's racing He was that. with Keith Coons, Pennsylvania, and now that's not as big as Indiana Sprint Week for Sprint or Midget. Or I'm sorry, I said Sprint Week. Indiana Midget Week. But it's still a great week of racing for Pennsylvania. It's action-packed. It's, it's amazing. If you saw the first race at Kutztown... With Larson and Wise, oh my goodness, that was Phenomenal. a spectacle. That was an amazing race. And that was good clean it, racing, yeah, too. Yeah, and it came down to the way. edge. And so it's almost like if you do want to make that dream work, which is going to be really hard to get more dirt guys in that, NASCAR almost has to consider and everyone else has to get together and say, okay, we're not going to put events on this day. How do we do that? And I just don't. With that I being think said though, this is the first time that the race has been ran in August. They're usually in July. Yeah. It's usually in July. NASCAR moved this race to August for the first time ever, which is also a little funky having it two races before the playoff ends. Yeah. I don't like that because it's a it's a bigger wild card than a road course. So I don't necessarily yeah. like it in its slot this deep in the year, especially if you're able to add a bunch of non regulars. Yeah, and but my thing is I love it. I love the idea. I just don't see it coming to fruition anytime soon. Um, well, it's been seven years, so I guess I can say the same yeah. thing. <laughs> um, but part of my other thing is that I don't. I think it's just going to be a draw of the card. It's going to be just luck. It's going to be like, oh, hey, USAC's not racing this week. Let's see if we can throw Wyndham back in the car. Let's see if we can get Courtney in the car. Let's see if we can get Bacon. You know, some of those guys. CV. CV. What, he starts in ARCA or K&N? Heck, who cares? No. Give Zeb Wise a ride. That'd be fun. Wise. I don't yeah. even care. Um, but go, my thing go is... Pick anyone from Coons or Clausen Marshall. My thing is, like, this year we got Mike Marlar. We got a couple other sprint car guys. Mostly local Pennsylvania or Ohio We got guys. late model guys, and that's because right now, and I'm not saying, like, you know, I don't know. They might have a race on Saturday. But right now, on Thursday night, and Friday night, well, maybe Friday night, but they don't have a race that's so far away that they can't race this and that because their their attention isn't going to be here. It's going to be at their series race with the World of Outlaws late models. 
So if they have a chance to race this or the Outlaws, you know, if they're in a championship for the Outlaws, that's just as big as this to them. Well, and and the King's Royal was like just days ago. Yeah, so they might have a little break right now. So I think it's just luck of the draw when we're going to get these dirt guys into the into the truck series for this race. See, I don't think it's the luck of the draw, though, because NASCAR has the power to move this race back to where it was. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's not Pennsylvania Midget Week. Anymore. OK, but you, you know? still but you still have to work around. You do. You do. But it's a Thursday so, race. It's a Thursday. You race. have to work around more than USAC. If USAC and Outlaws, let's just name those two. If USAC and Outlaws are racing Saturday night, not Friday, not Thursday. There's plenty of weeks like that. Thursday's fine, and then they can use Friday as a travel day to go back where the heck they're going. Like I said, you, well, but you make this convenient for the drivers to where you come here, you race, you get paid, you leave. It's a fun race. Everyone loves racing at Eldora. It's a fun race at Eldora doing something you've never done before against NASCAR guys. And I want to go back to your point about the average fan and what this kind of race does is that... A World Outlaws fan, and it's interesting how these USAC and NASCAR fans don't always intersect. Outlaw guys for the sprint cars and outlaw guys for the late models don't even intersect, and it's the same series. Same thing how cup guys and truck series guys don't always intersect. So, Except when Bush races down there. Yes. Then they do. But if you have your favorite NASCAR driver, Ryan Newman, Kyle Larson, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., if you have your favorite World of Outlaws driver, Brad Sweet, Sheldon Hanshile, Carson Macedo. If you have your favorite USAC midget driver, Zeb Wise, Logan Seavey, sprint car driver, Brady Bacon, and they're in this NASCAR race, you're going to get a draw from a different fan base watching NASCAR for the first time. And if, if let's say that Todd Gillen is beating Donnie Schatz and Donnie Schatz can't get by Todd Gillen, the, the World of Outlaws guy is going to go, who's this Todd Gillen kid? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're drawing interest from other places into your drivers of the future in this wild, we're towards the end of it, but this youth movement that NASCAR is having, you can get other series, fans of other series interested in your own youth movement by attracting them to your series by having a regular season race inviting dirt all-stars from around the nation. And I think that that's how NASCAR needs to approach this, is that it's not just a spectacle. It's not just a moneymaker tonight. It's a way to get fans, because like Kevin Harvick has said, if you're a fan of any racing, you can be a fan of any racing. If you're a fan of World Outlaws, you can be a fan of the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Racing is racing. If you're a fan of sprint car driving, Chase, you can get into Endurocross. I know it because you have. Yeah, I have. So A little bit. It, it, it's one of those things where if you can get fans from somewhere else to watch NASCAR and go, that was a good product I want to watch next week or I want to watch Watkins Glen on Sunday. That's a huge win for NASCAR in a time where fans attending races are at a huge low. I agree. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like we're kind of beating a dead horse now just we on are. the subject. We are because um, it's it, it, it's a fantasy that I have that <laughs> isn't necessarily justifiable or probable at this point. I mean that, but it, it's been seven know. years, and it confuses me why seven years after NASCAR goes, let's go to Eldora, that we don't have any more dirt guys. 
I mean, we have them. The, the, there's no national dirt guys going down and racing this race besides your defending champion, that being Chase Briscoe. The other three guys were small-town locals who were brought up to Eldora to race. Stuart Friesen is a regular in the truck series. You didn't bring down Kyle Larson. You didn't bring down Christopher Bell. You didn't bring down Ryan Newman. And you didn't attract anyone from a different sanctioning series. This is the first year, I think, that there really wasn't any outside involvement in this race. And I think that that does not help of what this race can bring NASCAR besides monetarily. So that's just kind of where I'm at it. I can't, I can't believe that seven years into this, there's no more Dylan's racing. Larson and Bell are Yeah, you know what? I'm surprised they weren't in this. It's just one of those things where it's I like... I completely forgot about that. Been there, won that. Why I mean, not I really. Go back? Austin Ty Dillon didn't. Won. I know, Ty Where's did. Ty? Ty, you need to get out here, bud. But, we need you. But there's no incentive for them to come down and race against Truck Series regulars. If you tell Ty Dillon, hey, you want to race against Donnie Schatz this week? We'll supply your truck. I mean, that might. I, I don't know if he know. I would imagine he knows who Johnny, Donnie Schatz okay, is. Okay, fine. Let's tell him Mike Marlar is going to race. I'd imagine he knows that Here's name a truck. just because he's a late model guy. Exactly. Here's a truck all ready for you. Hey, Clint Boyer, I know you haven't raced it before, oh, but here's a truck you for you. You are completely right. Here's a truck for you. Come race this race. Why not? Why not? Let's go to Nice. Let's tell Nice, if you supply this car and help us get Clint Boyer in your truck that you never usually run, we will help you out monetarily as a small team to bring Clint Boyer to the Eldora Derby. I would love See, it. I like it. I just And then do that yeah. across different series. Yeah. Go get CJ Leary. Yeah. Go get go get I don't even care. Go get Jake Swanson. Go grab Robbie Gordon again. Go grab Robbie Gordon. Go, I mean off road stadium he, he trucks. Might not do it, but he, he, yeah, maybe. He's a little busy. <laughs> maybe. You know, that's yeah, a little bit busy, huh? I guess so. Go grab all three Swansons. Go, go even, get, even if go they're get not Greg all directly Biffle. related. There's like four. I know. At, at there, work. At work. They uh they were doing a replay of uh, New Hampshire on TV and I was like Swanson and it was the modifieds it was the Wheeland series and I was like you're like what I was like oh it's probably Cody Swanson no nope. and then I saw the finish result and it said Matt Swanson I was like who is Matt Swanson <laughs> there's another one I was like geez you guys are all over the place but anyway go- Cody with a C Cody with a K yeah right Jake, Jake. Matt. We're probably missing another one. I'm sure. Or a couple. We're probably missing like 10 more at this I, point. I'm like, go get Bobby uh, Swanson. Bobby Swanson. Or Bobby, Bobby Santos? Santos. Go he's get not Bobby a dirt Santos guy. Oh, but Who I guess he's though? an asphalt. He's an asphalt he's not... open wheel driver. That's true. Okay. Go tell him, you, you get your winnings, we supply the truck. You have nothing to lose. You have everything to gain plus a fun night. But money. Oh, okay. I thought no. you meant for NASCAR. For the drivers, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for the drivers, it's nothing. NASCAR pays a little bit of extra money. For people to, more people come to Eldora, that's more tickets. More people watching the show, that's more TV ad revenue. For Fox, that you say, hey, Fox, NBC wants the Dirt Derby. What do you think about that? And then they get more money from the TV contract. They get more <laughs> yeah. money from people coming in. I they gotcha. get more money from sponsors up on the fence. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm surprised that seven years in, all the Dirt guys are gone. I want to say they're gone. Name 
Name a national dirt guy in this race besides Chase Briscoe, who's not a series Oh, regular. a national. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you're right. Because I, and don't get me wrong, the fact that there were four, maybe not local locals, because, you know, Pennsylvania isn't that close, but still. Yeah. There's but, four small guy dirt track racers who race this. That's awesome. I love that. Although Marlar isn't necessarily small. He is technically a national guy. Yeah. But still, you know, let's, let, let's expand upon that in future years. You know, that's what I want to see this race become. I want to see this race. I want people to argue, which people don't argue about this. Anyway, what's better, the Knoxville Nationals, the Chili Bowl Nationals, or the Eldora Dirt Derby? You know, I, yeah. I want that to be an argument. And right now, it's not there. And like I mentioned, and you said it sounds like we're bashing it. It probably does sound like we're bashing it. Even with this race being the worst of all seven, it's still a top five race, in my opinion, to watch. And it's right there with the championship race, the semifinal race, Bristol, you name it. Like, this is a top five. I'm watching the Dirt Derby, regardless of who's in it, as a NASCAR fan. So, and and that's going to be no different next year. If Stuart Friesen, uh, Mike Marlar, and Chase Briscoe aren't, aren't even there, I'll still watch it. So, it's a fun race. I'm glad NASCAR started it in 2013, but I think it's time to let it grow. Instead of just letting it be another truck race. Okay. So now onto the race. That's my rant. Yes. So now onto the race. Onto the race. That's all. That's all we talked about. Reason one. Well, we talked about how it gets better. Creed and Finger Marlar Gilliland, top five. Do you want to talk about the fight? We will in a sec. Okay. I was surprised how good Grant and Finger did. I mean, he was there. He did good in his heat. He was solid. And he just kind of floated in the main. He was towards the front. Not really a name. But then those end cautions. And he had... an advantage. He didn't have bad starts on the bottom at all. Which He I had mean, pretty solid starts on the bottom. When he restarted third, he would stay in third, which is something that not a lot of yeah. guys could do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, keep going down. Eckes, Briscoe, Briscoe, unfortunate situation. <laughs> a lot. You mean pity? a lot, a lot? No. I think if he wouldn't have gotten in that wreck, we could have had a show. <laughs> Which one? He got in two. He got in three. Three, I think two. Well, there's also the one that was already under caution. Yeah, that one. I was like, what? Um, but Dipple, Dipple, and did we ever figure out if Ben Rhodes was actually ever black flagged? He was, was that not, a because supposedly the part of the reason this is another thing that I don't I don't know if there's a full moon or, or what because so many things went wrong with this race. Like I said, it was still a good race, but one of the things was there were so many long cautions, and supposedly at one time it was because uh, Ben Rhodes wasn't in position, which at that point didn't matter because there was like three other super long caution periods. Yeah, but. I don't know. N- n- nothing happened. He finished on the lead lap. So, yeah, that was kind of confusing. I was like, "Is he? Is he there?" Because then they sit over the broadcast, and you're like, "What's he doing?" And I'm sitting next to you, and and he's like trying to pass Creed, and I'm like, "If I'm Creed's crew chief, and Rhodes is black flagged, I'm like, clean him out. Don't, don't, don't bother." Which at that if point- he's already black flagged and he's not getting out, just, just. Just take him out. Which at that point was it true? Number one. Yeah, which number apparently two, it wasn't. Has that been relayed to the infield, even if it is true? Number oh yeah, three, true. I don't even know if the drivers could hear the crew chiefs anyway, so I don't know if it would have mattered. Yeah, you know who did they interview? It's loud in there. 
I forget who they interviewed. It might have been Burton or somebody, but they got over the radio, and I'm like, is everyone's like that? It was. It wasn't terrible. You could <laughs> on still. Pit road. It was yeah, on it was on pit road. Too, so the cars were stopped. You could understand them, but it was so just. I was like, what? It's a little rough. System. I don't know what. Oh my goodness! What? Yeah, they're so clear. Well, that's a lot of money too. I imagine. What F one in general? Oh, and also just real quick before we talk about the little fight or. Ross scuffle. Shast- we'll call it another Shastain scuffle. In twelfth, had the best paint job. Jack Hewitt, and also he should have finished in the top five. Uh, go watermelon man. Okay, continue. But the I I'm gonna stick with my favorite part of the night. Stage caution. Christian Eckes and Harrison Burton <laughs> waving at each other through their windows with their Swiffers, just waving. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Hi. Hi, guys. Waving their Swiffers at each other. Well, I thought it was funny. At first, we thought that they were mad at each other. We didn't yeah, know how the drivers like, were. What? Yeah, and then you can kind of see Mobile One, and you're like, okay, we know who one is, and then it was like the other one was kind of hard to tell. I was like, wow, and then they're like, teammates saying hi, and I was like, that's amazing. That's great. Those stage um, cautions were long. Well, you know, I don't know if something got messed up or what, because on the broadcast, they said what they do with these stage cautions is the top 16 will come in. The last 16 cars will keep on going around the track. After the top 16 gets all out out and done with the pits, the last 16 will come in. Well, that first stage came and everyone went. Maybe not everyone, but it was like, I was like counting and I was like 16th. I was like, yeah, I missed some or added some. I don't know. It's about here. And so that guy went in, and I was like, okay. And then the guy behind him goes in. And the guy behind him goes in. And then the guy behind And I'm like, so, no, no, nothing. That's not right. Something, something didn't work. Something was not Something's not, correctly. yeah. I was like, someone didn't get that. And then everyone just followed. Because you're not going to have 16 and 16, because not everyone's going to come into the pits. Well, but it was saying the top 16 choose. And, and then, then the, the back 16 shoes, shoes well, like, the following lap, and that did uh, not happen. I was like, oh, well. Um, but the scuffle, I mean, I don't know. I think we need more history to it because it was a, what they showed on TV was definitely not the whole story. I can't wait to hear more. Ben Rhodes, though, was driving a little bit over his head in that final stage because, I mean, it's a track that... Literally, none of the guys racing, maybe besides a couple of the late model guys, have ever raced on a track like that before. That's how slick it was. Rhodes was punching it in there, which is great on a slick track like that. Not so great when you don't know what you're doing after you dig it in. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he was driving really, really aggressively. So I could imagine that at some point during the race, Rhodes must have ticked off Dipple by doing something. We don't have any video evidence of that. But it's just... That's what I'm going to assume because he was just racing very aggressively in that final stage. But what Dipple did, especially with no context as to why Dipple was mad, went way over the top. Yeah, way well, over and the that's top. why I think we're missing something because White Flag out of two fences him and then Rose goes back around him. As and, far as we know, doing nothing. And then. And no, they were battling together. Dipple finishes eighth, Rose finishes 14th. That's well, a yeah. big discretion. But there. that's because I think that's basically just because on the back straightaway, white flag. Yeah. He was like, hello, boom, in he the wall. He's like, okay, bye. <laughs> he just goes. And it's like, okay, at that point, you got your revenge. Like, I, we don't know what happened, but you took someone out and they lost six spots. You got your, your revenge. 
Well, but you don't checkers, know that. You don't know that if you're checkers, a dipple. He rails him. He yeah, that was interesting. He runs into the back room, and it's like, yeah, if Natural on Fox shows, hey, here's what happened on the track, and it's like, I don't think so. Most people don't intentionally wreck people under caution for something that minor. Yeah. And the fact that, from what you can show us, Rhodes did nothing wrong. Yeah. As far as we know at this point. Well, and my favorite part about that was that Dipple runs into the back of him, absolutely just crunches the rear end. And then he goes and tries to spin him out. And it's almost like it was so slick. He hit Rhodes and then his tires just spun. Because <laughs> Rhodes didn't spin out. It didn't even look like Rhodes' car like even reacted to when he went for his left rear. Like just it nothing didn't. happens. Um, but I thought that was interesting. And then Rhodes goes after him on the pits and then, you know, they quickly split up and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then the crazy thing to me is Rhodes goes after Dipple. Somebody pulls Rhodes off and then Dipple's crew chief comes over and it's almost like, okay, what's going to happen here? He, and you can kind of see something happening. Dipple didn't have his, um you know, the air vent out of the back of his helmet. Mm-hmm. And so his crew chief yanks that off of him, and you can see Dipple trying to go back after Rhodes. After Ro- and I'm like, whoa! I was like, what is happening? What did he do? And it was funny, because up to that point, the live cameras didn't catch any of that. Yeah. And so, all of a sudden, zero context at all. There's <laughs> and a Dipple's fight in just, the And Dipple's just like, wailing on him yeah we we have zero not contacts. in the pits but it's like we only on have track. stuff from the last lap the caution lap in the pits and it's all just dipple going after yeah. roads except for the pits and but, i'm just like what happened when here it happened live at least usually there's some sort of context there was no context yeah by 20 guys were in a bunch at eldora yeah it was just like cameras over here over here over here and then all of a sudden all you see is like a and bunch of a silhouettes. Fight. Yeah, you just see like a bunch of silhouettes and and one guy's going after the other. And it's like, what? Who's this? <laughs> what? And it's especially strange because you're trying to figure out, okay, I saw so-and-so have an aggressive move on the last lap. It doesn't matter though because I can't see what what, what fire suits those are. Yeah, anyway. was like, I don't who? know who that is. Who is that? For all I know, that's Ross Chastain mm-hmm. and Austin Wayne's self. I have yeah. no idea who those guys are in those suits because it's just silhouettes like you said. You got anything yeah, else? Yeah, no, that was, I that was, that I was don't fun. know, I thought it was we, interesting. We have no opinions about the fight, we just thought it was funny, and so, on to Michigan, apparently. Yeah, I don't know, just go for it. Someone else who has I don't know, I don't by, know. it sucked that he, okay, 16th wasn't bad, Tim Ward in the 08, that pink 08. No, I think he, that was 03. No, 08. No, no, Well, I don't know, Tim Ward um, did a great job. Yeah, you're thinking and of so Jake Garfin. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of... I want to say Jake Griffin, too, but unfortunately he got caught up in one of the bundle of messes yeah. in this race. Which he had a really good heat race. He was he looking did. sporty. Which sucks because he started 18th anyway. But then he got up in the pack in the main. But It's definitely not called the main, but we're going to call it that because we come from dirt. So, Not to mention, you, you, you didn't say qualifying race. You also said heat race earlier. <laughs> it's because it is a heat race. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so, yeah, two races before the playoffs. Or I guess just one now. Michigan's next, so we'll see what the heck happens there. Friesen is now locked in, who originally looked like might not have been able to make it after his trouble last week at Pino- uh, P- Pinocchio. At Pocono. Oh, wow. so, uh, Odd place. Yeah. 
changes things up. And uh, some people were complaining that Tony Stewart said that he wanted to get in the race one one year because, you know, he owns the track, and so he can kind of so? make the track however he wants. And I said, so what? He did that with the Chili Bowl for like 10 years, and he only won like one of those. <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm like, I don't know. People Tony Stewart are, made the Chili Bowl track for years. Guys. People are funny. People are funny. I like people. Okay. Not really. On a, no, Sometimes. Not really. On to motocross. Okay. Take it away, Chase. Oh, I don't know. There's just two weeks. All right, on to We're NASCAR. coming. <laughs> coming. Well, I guess we're not coming into the break. We Right now, Loretta's lens going down, throwing down. Um, going down. So we still have another week off after this. We have one more week. And then we have the final three races, because there's six motos. I want to say last three motos. There's six motos left. Three races, three race days left. And I almost want to say both championships are locked up. So I have a question for you, though, that I think is more important than the championship. We have three races, uh, three races left, three overalls left, I guess is the... The best way of saying it. There's three overalls left this year. Over under 1.5 races where we have course cutting issues. <laughs> um, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I just so... Because coming into the year, if you said over under 0.5, you would say under yeah. zero. I... And here we are. It's been like a month and a half straight. Yeah, it's it's kind of odd. It's all out of the blue. I mean, it's. I guess it's mostly Sansarillo, but you know. <laughs> in the class. Yeah, Anderson this weekend. Um, which I don't have a problem with. I don't have a problem with them docking him. You know, I feel like it was right that they were gonna dock him. Um, I mean, Savachi didn't do anything wrong. It was a left hander and then a right hander, and Savachi was on the right side of the left hander. And most of the guys would just take the inside and into the right-hand turn. Um, but what he did was connecting the outsides. He went outside, and then he was starting to go to the outside on the other one. And Anderson was just like, no, I'm done playing games. I'm going around you now. And Savachi took his line. There was nothing wrong with what happened. Savachi took his line. It bumped Anderson off. But the problem was Anderson was off the track floors it i guess he can't floor it which we know from he just twists the throttle we know from cincerello there's that's not okay no throttle if you're off course yeah so he was like side by side with him the whole time he's off the side of the track and then just kind of like bumps in front of him in the corner and even we were like yeah that's not okay that's probably a penalty and I mean, I don't, I don't see the problem with it. I think it was all fair. Um, yeah, you understand where Jason's coming from, like, you know, like, dude, I'm gonna pass you eventually. Come on, but at the same time, you have to be patient. You gotta, you gotta make the move in a, I'm not gonna say a right way, but not off track in cutting the turn. Um, but we look at the results. No surprise. Tomac one one. And then you have Roxon, 2-3. And we saw him kind of fade a little bit. And now he's slowly starting to build that back up. Um, I think he had really probably mid-season was when he, he started lacking a little bit. He started 
slowing down a little bit and he's kind of came out and said like yeah we're 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 getting this issue with me figured out and you know what next year i'm going to be there but- he's already said that like we're figuring this out and i'm i'm ready i'm preparing for next year now we are doing this next year no issues that's the scariest thing though about this sport is you can say that all you want, but we were literally watching a documentary where they said, is Marvin Muskan now too old to win a championship? And it's like, how many years has he even been in the 450 class? It's the, 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 but we're talking about Roxon. The, I don't, there's a correct way to say this, but the correct way sounds screwed up. So I'm going to try to put this a different way. The amount of years a pro racer can spend at a competitive level when it comes to motocross, is shorter than any other sport. And it's just, you can come into a season, and you're done. Okay, yeah. Week one, you can be in the season and be a title combatant preseason, and you're done, because you just don't have it that year. No. It's, It's so, I mean. I don't think so. I mean, it's kind of weird because it was is like great though in the sport. There's not, a great fall off with these I mean, guys sometimes from grace because sometimes that's the thing. Sometimes Reed is 36 and he's still posting top tens, but he he's not a championship combatant. Okay, he's not so, someone who you go. This is a guy who's okay. going to run for the championship this year. So Zach Osborne comes okay. back from injury, and I he really just had bad luck. He he just had straight up. Bad luck couldn't catch a break when he came back from injury. And then all of a sudden, he starts fighting for the le- for the lead. At one point, he's fighting with Cooper Webb for the lead. Which was awesome. Note. He's 30. So, and it was almost like a couple years ago, 30, you're done. Cole Seeley, unfortunately, just announced retirement um, two days ago? Yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday. Um, announced retirement. Great career, great 250 career. Um, he got a win, 450 Supercross. Um, never got an overall win outdoors. Um, but still a great, great career for Cole Seeley. Um, he was coming on so strong last year. I just wish he would have gotten hurt at Tampa because I think he would have, he would easily have at least two more or three more wins to his name. He was coming on so strong. But, um, my point being, so that was just because 29 and we're saying 30 is the age. <laughs> so I guess Cole's kind of proving the point against me that like 30 is you're done because he's 29 and he's like, I'm done. But that's part of the injuries. But everyone ha- gets injured. And it's different for everyone. Yeah. I mean, go, but- go look at the NFL. Go look at Tom Brady. Go look at anyone who's recently retired. Yeah. Tom Brady is still older than them and fighting for championships. But yeah. And my thing is, for a while there, it was almost like the younger you are, the better chance you have. It was it was almost like solidified that once you hit 30, you're done. You're you've really got no chance. You're kind of out there. Chad Reed's the outlier. Oh my goodness. 36 and still still throwing it still up there. Kicking. Two years ago, Glendale put it on the box. Yeah. Um Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah. Glendale. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> sorry. Glendale, Phoenix, uh, whatever we Hold thought. Hold on. Do you work for Feld um, or do you work for... for, for I'm not sure. For Supercross. Who we, knows we, anymore? 
Um, they, they have specific needs for which one you call that. But my thing is, and I'm going to come out and say this now, and I'll have to say it again later, but Zach Osborne is a championship contender. He absolutely is, and he's 30. But he is a championship contender. Marvin, he's going to be turning 30. To me, he is still a championship contender. Those guys know how to race, and I just don't see them. And I know we're saying 30, and you're kind of done, but I almost think with today's training, yeah, you might want to give the edge to the younger guys, but even if you're an older guy in this sport, you definitely have a shot. Marvin and Osborne are proving that right now. So I, I Googled Ken Roxon, and the first picture that, that pops up does not do anything for him. No, not a, it doesn't look not at all. Not a dang thing for him. It's kind of sad, honestly. I, I, I implore you, Google Ken Roxon. It's like, uh, someone, needs, someone needs to delete that picture. Anyway, it's not uh, that bad. The point that I was, it's, it's not that good. Uh, the point that's gonna get after those, Ken Roxon out of all of this is 25, which sucks because I'm like 23 and I'm like, I'm nothing like Ken Roxon. But anyway, uh, the point that I'm getting at here is for someone like Ken Roxon who has destroyed almost every limb on his body at one point, that's an argument where you gotta be prepared to be done before 30. Because well, and of he what said that. He's put his body through. And so. The point that I'm trying to make is it's so hard in this sport to say you'll get him next year because this this sport of motocross, supercross, dirt bike racing in general, it's so brutal mentally, emotionally, physically, like on your career, on your life, your everyday life, this sport is so brutal and it's just... You can't ever hope that that next year is going to be the year. So I just hate when guys are like, hey, man, next year I'm going to be great. And it's like, it's just too unpredictable. But it's confident. My thing is, Roxon has struggled, and he's came out and said, yeah, there's an issue. My Which thing we is. We know there's an issue. Yes, but he's coming out and he's saying, we finally got this fixed. Which is Because this has, this started back in Supercross. Mm-hmm. This started back. Less than halfway into Supercross, that, and that now, we know of. yeah, that we know of, and and now he's saying it's good to go. So this excites me because, yeah, you know, we don't know. I mean, obviously, if you get hurt, you you're almost done. I mean, Cooper Webb won the 250 title with a broken wrist, um, but I think that's just confidence. I mean, yeah, sure, anyone can say this is the year, and you're absolutely right. But the thing is, that's just confidence. That's saying, hey, like, things haven't worked out in the past, but this year, I've got this going my way, and I'm coming for the title. It just scares me, because especially when the season isn't over yet, just, when guys say that, it just it just scares me a little bit. Why? I, I just... Because There's nothing wrong said. with it. Because there could be something wrong with him next well, year. Well, the whole top seven could crash out next week. That's well, what okay. I'm saying. This sport is unforgiving. I don't. I like it. Confident. Well, I'm not saying Go that. Get I, him. I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just like ugh, it, I, it just freaks me out when guys in this sport say that because it's like, don't even be thinking that far. Just make sure that you're healthy week to week. 
Well, I mean, it's not like they write every single day in off season. So, but still, I mean, I think it's fair. How many guys have been like out it. this year because of practice crashes? Seely, Anderson. Um, oh yeah, Supercross. Anderson Osborne. Um. See, here's my thing: is I mean, yeah, you can crash in practice, but that's for anyone. I don't care. I like it. It's confidence. I know. Anyways, on to the next one. I just have a, I just have concerns sometimes. Osborne, I talked about him coming on strong. He'll be a champion one day, I think. Um, whether it's Supercross or Moto, I think before he retires, he gets a 450 championship. Um, Freddie Noren doing good things for Suzuki. He he is. And I don't know what the deal is with Isaac Teasdale because I haven't heard he's factory Suzuki. I mean, he's running all the graphics. Um, and he's on a Suzuki. But fact, yeah, when, and he's on a, Suzuki, on a Suzuki at this um, point. Freddie Noren, and I will say single-handedly Ooh. reviving. Well, no, I guess Alex Martin too. So I can't say single-handedly. Together. Um, they are reviving Suzuki. Alex Martin and Freddie Noren. Slowly but surely, reviving Suzuki. He went 8-8, which is solid. You know, 8 overall. Obviously, you want more than that. But I think there's a pace in that he just doesn't quite have with the top guys because he's not used to being there. He was around top 10, but now that he's breaking top 10 and he's trying to get to that top 5, I think there's just a whole nother level that he's he's trying to get to, and he might get to it by the end of the year. If things fall the right way, Freddie Norton can absolutely, absolutely be in the top five overall by the end of the year. Um, Dino still working his way back, 7-10, not terrible. Um, Cooper Webb did not have the, the carryover week that I think a lot of people thought he was going to have. He won Millville, and people were like, this is it. Everyone needs to watch out now. Got the monkey he off his went, back. Yeah, he, he got the monkey off his back. He went 1-1. Now, he might go on a streak just like Supercross. He got that one win, and look how quickly things turned around. So, now, he goes 3-5, and it's almost like the flame maybe didn't go back out. I think he definitely has some momentum, but... I just feel like a lot of people were expecting him to be at least on the box. Yeah, he was fourth, but I think a lot of people were thinking he's going to take Tomac on. Um, 3-5, fourth overall. That's okay. Um, Barsha, top 10. Bogle, 11th. John Short, once again. Yeah, round of applause for the privateer. 11-12. Once again, knocking on that top 10. Killed it at Millville, and that has carried over. We're talking about carryover momentum for someone. It's John Short. And Henry Miller did okay. Um, Aaron Flessinger could not wait to get on the ride out of there. Yeah, unfortunately, 40-13. I mean, the 13 makes sense. The 13, I'm okay with. The 13... What, it's his third weekend back, third or fourth? Um, 40th in the first one, apparently the clutch wasn't working. Couldn't get off the gate. 
Um, and once they finish a lap in motocross, if you haven't left the starting stretch, you're automatically DNF'd. Um, but I mean, I think as soon as they figured it out, they were like, yeah, we're, we're done. Unfortunate. Um, so 4013. Hey, 17th overall. Um, we look deeper. Isaac Teasdale scored points in both motos. 1719. Um, Taiki Koga. Thoughts? Um, yeah, you went 16.32. I guess a lot of people on Pulp MX <laughs> Fantasy, I was reading the comments for their live chat, and people were going off. Well, He had he had another top 20. That's because he has had some really great moments this year in fantasy. Well, but they said, apparently, last lap, he went down, and that is why... He fell oh, so far back. Oh, I'm sure he did that on purpose, too. Absolutely. I no hate, doubt. Oh, my I goodness. I hate fantasy players who take it at all seriously. Hate them. Cannot stand them in any sport. Get over yourself. Stop fantasy it. Fantasy sports. No one cares. Uh, Seven Deuce Deuce. Back. Went 25-25. Seven Deuce Deuce. Not terrible at all. Um, Which it sucks. On the Suzuki. It sucks when you go 25-25 and you don't get 25th. Yeah, he got 26. Well, the guy in front of him went 24-24 and went, got 25. The guy in front of him was 22-23 he got 24th. The guy in front so of him was 21-21 and got 23rd overall. This doesn't make sense. Um, hey, 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 when Plessinger ruined your yeah, day because yeah, he it. doesn't get off Come the on. gate. Um, seven Deuce Deuce on that yellow-blue Suzuki. Oh, start rapping, Chase. No, I'm good. <laughs> leave. We'll leave that to him. Um, Benny Boss, I don't know quite what happened. 38-40, um, definitely not what he wanted. Dylan Merriam was starting to work his way in the top 20, and then I think he went down, didn't start the second moto. Um, our Arizona boy went 31 in DNS in the second moto. Um, Devin Raper, unfortunate. Um, I think that's really all we got this week. I, the 450 class has been exciting this year. Um, I think with just not knowing who's going to win. We've seen Osborne up there. We've seen Tomac. We've seen Roxon. We've seen Marv. Um, Anderson's been there. Um, been up front a couple of times. Just not Moto win yet. Um, but I've loved it. I've loved the action. Joey Savachi finally getting a good week. A week where he starts and finishes both Motos. Um, something that he hasn't been able to do lately just because of maybe he tips over and crashes a lot of mechanical failures, which is odd as of late. Um, but yeah, that's the wrap on the 450s. And then 250s. Hey. Um, 250s. I... I'm going to go with 95% of this championship is locked up. 95%. Adam Sensorill, championship, 2019, moto. I'll give him 80 just because of how Supercross season went. Wow. I mean, it's just, it's so, it just reminds you how easy, how unforgiving this sport is, like I mentioned. So that's that's why I paused. I was thinking 
95 sounds good, and then I'm like, <sighs> that's hard to give him, unfortunately. I mean, I like it because before Millville, it was like, you have to. You have to beat Verandas in a couple of these last races, you have to beat Ferrandis. And then Millville came along and Adam gained eight points on the championship this late into the season. That's huge. That's amazing. Um, this weekend, Adam gave it back up. He lost eight points to Ferrandis. So now the gap is, I believe it's 26. It's either 26 or 28. But still, my point being... 28. 28, yeah. Is that, to me, even though he lost eight points, yeah, obviously that's never ideal. But that's... That's good. He he doesn't... he. You can lose eight points the next two weeks and win the championship. Yeah, next that's my weeks. thing is... Now he's not in a must-win situation. But at the same time, maybe he needs to be in a must-win situation... Because look at Vegas. He didn't have to win. Mistake goes down. Um, so I don't know. I'm just more comfortable with this lead. But the only bad thing is somehow, some way, you have to stay away from the color blue. And even though you're leading the championship, it's a little bit hard to do that when the blue bikes are sitting second, third, Fourth in the championship, and also it's hard to do that when all the Yamahas are the top five of the whole show. Yeah, yeah, all five Yamaha 250 bikes are in the top six. We're in the top six, seven, eight. It's just straight out of the gate last week. It was amazing. Second moto, it's a bunch of blue jerseys. Like, hey, there's Anton Cirillo. Yeah, and it, I mean, I don't know what they did, those bikes. Hilarious. But, oh my goodness, the way those guys got starts last week was absolutely amazing. Um, Colt Nichols has been a little bit quiet as of late. Uh, but Justin Cooper, falling off the radar a bit, 40, 40 points, uh, 40-ish points. Um, so, I mean, he's still in it mathematically. But if things keep going the way they have, I don't see him working his way back in. Um couple quick notes. Hunter Lawrence, practice crash. He's out. Christian Craig, suspended. Um, don't even get me started. <laughs> what a joke. Chase, what do you think of Christian Craig's suspension? Stupid. I mean, here's my End thing. Club. is No, no, he's going to keep going. <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm going to keep going. I mean, I think you do have to give a punishment. Um, because even if... And Craig has said that that FIM came out and said that, yes, we don't think that you you purposely took this. Cheated. We think it... Yeah, yeah you, you purposely cheated, whatever. Um, but we still have to do something, and I think that's fair because if you do give a guy a little bit of leeway saying, yeah, we don't think you did it, so we're not going to suspend you, then Bloody some nice. guys start going, oh, so I can try and help myself a little bit and maybe get away with it. And, you know, some guys don't think like that. You know, in desperate situations, some of them might. Um, So I don't have a problem with necessarily 
them giving down a punishment, but the way they did is an absolute joke. You wait 10 and a half months to tell him, oh, by the way, we we found something and we're watching you. Oh, and then also, almost a year later, by the way, from the day we tested you, we're going to suspend you from that date for two years. And it's just like... It almost feels random. It just feels dumb. Because here's my thing, and, and the thing is, people might say, well, hey, Christian, why didn't you defend yourself? Why didn't you like go in and take another test? Well, the thing is, he didn't know what the results of the test were until ten and a half months later. I've been to the restroom a lot since then. Yeah, I I can tell you, I've I've been to the restroom a couple hundred times in ten and a half months. <laughs> a couple and, hundred. Are you keeping track? Well, when you go two to three <laughs> times a day, times ten and a half months, Dude. that's a lot of days, bud. You only so, go to the restroom twice a day? No, I don't know. <laughs> a lot, I don't know. Water's hydration's key. Um, especially for living in Arizona, it sucks. Um, sweat, <laughs> sweat, and and we, humidity we lately. Don't, we don't use the restroom um, here; we just sweat. <laughs> um, but my thing is, you wait ten and a half months to notify. How can they one defend themselves with another test, and then you wait almost another year to be like, "Hey, by the way, we're actually gonna suspend you," you know, just so you know. What I am happy about that they didn't do is go, oh, we're suspending you, and instead of doing it from the date we tested you, we're doing it from the day you last raced, because that'd be two years from last week. Um, instead, he only has six months of suspension to serve, which is still absolute trash, and it's so stupid, and it still sucks, but it's better than two years. And at the same thing, same time, AMA needs to get rid of these dumb rules. They need to get water out. They need to come up with their own thing that will punish their own riders because it basically ruined James Stewart's career. It almost ruined Cade Clayson's career, and it might have because he's up in Canada now. I wonder if he'll come back. Um, And it arguably has ruined Brock Tickle's career. At, at least there's no other pending suspensions on Americans left, right, Chase? Who knows? You know, we might not know for another ten and a half months. Um, They're going to come down with a rule that's going to suspend Adam Cirillo for the track <laughs> in a few weeks. Yeah. Huh? It's going to um, come down during Supercross season next year. That's right. Um, But yeah, just so Christian Craig not going to be there. But thank you, Christian. Helped my team out a lot last week on fantasy. Um, wow. <laughs> Sucks you're suspended, uh, but thanks for helping me out in fantasy. But, hey, at least he went out of 2019 with a bang. He did appeal. He said he was going to appeal, and hopefully something can go through. FIM is so slow. Uh, they probably won't hear back from an, for, like, another year, but by that time his suspension will be over, so it won't matter. Um, but Brandis went 1-1. Santorillo went 3-2. Cooper 2-4. Michael Moseman... And I'll say this right now, future champion. Ooh! Future 250 champion. Re-signed with Rockstar Husky, and he has been on fire. Um, Maybe outdoors he lacked a little bit for, for the start for a little bit. Um, But he challenged last last week. 
And if you take it back to the end of Supercross, he was doing good. And then there was East Rutherford. Or, I'm sorry, that is absolutely the wrong race. Denver. Denver? Salt Lake. One of the two. Zanzarello goes by him. And it's like, okay, you know, Ferrandis needs to get up there. You know, we'll have a battle. Something. They go over a jump. And then all of a sudden, Michael Moseman throws it in on Adam Sanzarello. And it's like, this kid has spunk, and this kid can get it done. Michael Moseman threw it in, and I know he didn't win the moto. I know he just ended up on the box. But that right there, I think, showed a lot of people that he's not going to just roll over. And I think last week, once again, showed that he has speed and he has talent. So next year, I will definitely be keeping an eye on Moseman. Sexton, 4-6, fifth overall. Hampshire and Cameron McAdoo, the fill-in for the Troy Lee team, has served to be basically the best move they've made all year. And he has pretty much flown the flag for this team this year. They brought him in a couple rounds into motocross. They really didn't have anyone fighting inside top 10 with McElrath battling some injury, Smith out with injury, Falk out with injury, Cantrell out with injury. They had Derek Drake, which was showing signs of speed, but rookie year, you know, he's going to have those slumps where, you know, he's just trying to figure this stuff out. Um, But McAdoo, put him on the team, and he is flying the flag for that team right now. And so I will not be surprised at all when next year comes around and McAdoo is on a Troy Lee Designs KTM 250. I won't be surprised. Um, and he'll do some stuff. He'll do some damage. Colt Nichols, Alex Martin, like we said, bring Suzuki 13-7. Not the greatest week ever. Um, Heart Ramped, the first non-factory guy, right? Yeah. On Rock River Yamaha. Or I'm... Whoa, whoa. Okay. Rock, River, Yamaha. I feel like I'm getting the Yamaha teams mixed up in my head. But yeah, you go down McElroth, Craig, Masterpool. Great starts, good for the rookie. Drake, another rookie. Bailey, Oldenburg, Peters. Cantrell, Hayes, and Falk. And good, thank you, Cantrell, Falk. Falk had 21st in the second moto, but coming back from injury... I know last week they came back, but it was a mutter. So it was like, eh. Um, came back, did did good for a comeback race. That's good enough for me. Top 20 scoring points. Um, I think this year is basically almost over. And if Santorello takes a break and doesn't really push, and if Ferrandis has a bad moto, I think that opens the door for Sexton, Moseman, Cooper... And if Nichols can get back on it, Nichols to get an overall win. Yeah. I think that those guys, once Adam knows he just needs to not go over his head, and if Ferrandis can't get it together, any of those guys can absolutely steal a moto overall. They've been there. They've fought. They haven't really been able to stay up there for the whole fight. We saw Cooper last week. But... I think those guys are absolutely going to be pretty feisty at the end of this year. Is that all? Okay. 
That it? That's so all you got? So moving on to Unadila. Um, Unadila? Unadila. I know, that came out really, really weird. Unadilla. Um, Unadilla. Unadilla. Um, Unadilla. Team USA is typically announced here. Um, usually where the Team USA festivities start, uh, where the team is announced, there has been, a, I don't want to say, there's been speculation that Team USA just shouldn't go. Um, and I mean, you can't hate them for that, but we'll see what happens. All right, this has been the Henry Bros Racing Podcast. Going over some racing, be sure to check us out on whatever podcasting apps we are on. Spotify. Spotify. Google Play, Apple Music, TuneIn, other stuff. So, yeah. Um, Anchor. Anchor, yeah, that was the one I was looking for. Yeah, okay, good. That'll do it. Be sure to listen to more of our episodes. And also, we will see you whenever next time is. Say bye, Chase. Goodbye. And I'm looking forward to walking to Glen. We are looking forward to the Glen. This Sunday, NASCAR racing. We'll see you next time.